For a long, regretful moment, he leaned against the back wall, his tall, strong figure merging into the shadows, his heart aching, his dark gaze intent on the house. It was such a beautiful house, he thought, so warm and inviting, like she used to be, the woman inside. She was still beautiful, a slender woman with exquisite features, dark, sultry eyes and chestnut-coloured hair flowing to her waist. But that was all. She neither loved nor wanted him. He felt such deep regret, his heart ached. He had loved this fine house since that first day seven years ago, when he had carried his wife through the wide oaken doors, laughing and happy, and oh, how he had adored her. But that was then. Now it was February 1932, and all he had left were memories. With a deep sigh, he made his way across the delightful garden with its pretty meandering paths and multitude of shrubs and trees. Sometimes, when her illness became too much for him, he would come out here and walk until his spirit was refreshed. Then he would go back inside, ready to deal with whatever came his way. But today was Tuesday, and Tuesdays were very special, for he was free to do what he wanted. Tuesday was his day, his sanctuary. He quickened his steps, making his way through the gardens and out of the side gate. From the bedroom window, she watched him leave. She heard the engine swell as the car drove away, and through the beech trees that lined the road, caught a glimpse of the long black saloon as it went from the house. Startling her, a voice from the door called her name. Sylvia, I've been looking for you everywhere. With a smile, she turned. It's such a lovely day, don't you think, Edna? But the smile was forced, because now he was gone, and already she was lonely. She often felt alone now detached from her husband, from her sister, from dear Edna. No one came to visit, too scared of her moods. The medication helped, but sometimes the anger was preferable to the dulling effect of the drugs, and so she would hide the medicine and only pretend to take it. The further Luke got from the house, the more he felt a great weight being lifted from his shoulders. The frowns eased, and his face softened, his dark eyes began to twinkle and his whole body relaxed. It was Tuesday, and a sense of freedom flooded his soul as he began to enjoy his precious day off. He liked the open sky after the neat residential street in Blackburn and the noise and sootiness of the factory. Heading towards the fells and the Ribble Valley was a special pleasure, every familiar curve and landmark a comfort to him. The lanes became narrower and more meandering until he was bumping along a rough track that carried him deep into the woods beyond the burden of his duty and responsibility. Almost an hour after leaving the house, he arrived at his destination where thick woodland hid him from the world. The stream glittered in the morning light, and look, there! Excited, he inched forward to see two small deer drinking at the water's edge. This was what he needed the magic his soul craved. He made his way to the log cabin built by his own hand over two long, wonderful years. 
The land had been owned by his family for generations, and he had spent happy childhood holidays here. Impatiently, he threw back the wooden shutters, then struck a match against the stone wall surrounding the fireplace and set light to the pyramid of paper and wood in the grate. Soon the fire was cheerily blazing, warming the whole cabin. He felt a sense of pride in his achievement. The place was strong, built to last. He got hungry, there was a supply of tinned food in the larder and titbits to be gathered in the woods. Running wild in those idyllic childhood holidays had been excellent training for cabin life. Now, with the fire crackling, he went to the wardrobe and took out the covered canvas and easel, his thoughts going to a cosy little café in the centre of Blackburn, another part of his secret life. From the chest he took out a pile of clothes. He stripped off his suit, shirt and tie, his uniform of duty. When he was dressed again, the businessman was gone and in his place was an ordinary workman, a man at ease with himself, dressed casually in brown cords, green check shirt and black boots. Now was the moment he'd anticipated with pleasure since his last visit. He slipped the cover from the painting and gazed at it for a long, wondrous moment, his dark eyes smiling. Smiling back at him, the young woman with a tumble of hazel hair seemed almost alive. Her laughing eyes were blue as the darkest sapphire, and her pretty, slightly parted lips seemed so real he felt she would suddenly talk to him. But she never did, except in his dreams. Returning to the wardrobe, he collected his paints and brushes. A few moments later, he was stroking the tip of the brush over the curling ends of her brown hair. You don't know me, he murmured fondly but I feel I know you. I've seen how you light up a room when you walk into it. Images of her came into his mind, going about her own Tuesday life, laughing with her friend, making him smile. And I know you have a wonderful sense of humour. Changing his brush, he worked on her cheekbones. You can't imagine how much I've been looking forward to seeing you. He paused his thoughts going back to the house and the woman who waited there. Maybe it's just as well you don't even notice me, he sighed. You see, Amy, a man might dream and hope, but dreams are not real. That night, as he sat on his veranda, watching the stars twinkle and dance, a great loneliness in his heart, he had no way of knowing how Amy was watching those same stars, and in her heart were the same impossible dreams and awful loneliness. Leaning on the windowsill, arms folded, her gaze raised to the skies, she wondered where Don was and whether he ever thought of her. And although for many months after he'd gone she had prayed she might see him again, she never had. Now the pain had settled to a sense of loss disappointment, and acceptance. He'd been so handsome, and such fun, when he'd asked her to marry him she'd been filled with such joy, not knowing it would end in her heart being broken when the date was set and the church booked. The bridesmaids were chosen, the bridal gown ordered, and even the honeymoon arranged, before he confessed he had never really wanted family.